Uh, listen, when we said um, all expenses paid, we, uh, we didn't really mean a river suite at the Savoy. I'll have you know, sir, that we are accustomed to the finer things in life. Mom, what's this? It's a fork, honey. Oh, cool. <laughs> Let's rock. Thanks, Dad. Can I get a woman? No Man Presents, live from the Nudie Bar, the Married with Children Podcast. And here are your hosts, Dan, Jamie, and Al. It's Wednesday. We are in England still... This is the Married with Children podcast. My name is Al, and someone should have told that toilet that the Yanks were coming. I'm Jamie, and I did not come all this way to spend my vacation in a one-whore town. (laughs) Me neither. And I'm Dan. It means bad. Real bad thing. (laughs) (laughs) And who is this, Winston or Merrill? (laughs) Hi, this is Merrill. I'm just a regular Joe that played high school football, scored four touchdowns in one game. Nice. We're in the midst of the England shows. We're wrapping up season six. This one's called England Show 2, Wasting the Company's Money. Original air date, May 10th, 1992. This is season six, episode 25. When they said they were wasting the company's money, were they talking about Fox? (laughs) (laughs) Probably. (laughs) They probably were. (laughs) I'm worried about this one now. (laughs) The Bundys delight in their comped trip to England, spending here, spending there, all the while the town of Upper Uncton conspires to kill the Bundys outside Lower Uncton, so the curse will remain and Upper Uncton can still rake in profits as a tourist town. The town beside the town in darkness. Finally, Winston and Igor bring the Bundys to Lower Uncton. The execution was imminent. Al and Bud would meet certain doom. Their only hope, unfortunately, is Kelly. <laughs> God, these are like the longest synopsis on here. Director Jerry Cohen, writer Stacy Lip. Last week on Married with Children, the Bundys thought they won a free trip to England. Whoa! And the Darcys decided to go along. But there's a catch for the Bundys, an ancient English curse that dates back to 1653. And so that ye and all your male descendants will be hated in this place forever. Lower Unton shall always be in darkness. The only way the curse can be lifted is if Al and Bud are killed within the town limits of Lower Unton. That is the job of these two men. But if Lower Uncton gets the sun back, the neighboring town of Upper Uncton will lose their tourist trade. So these two men have to kill the Bundys in London. And these two want to kill the Bundys anywhere since they drove off with their luggage and money. They have only one friend, the dog they left behind. I don't care who kills them, as long as they come back in a box. And now, Married with Children continues. So how do you guys feel when, like, this episode starts? Are you ready to keep in that England mode or what? How are you you feeling as soon as we get back into this whole atmosphere? I'll say this, that um, your lengthy synopsis (laughs) at times when you read them, the same was in this episode. 
at the at the top of it. Like they, like the way you were just explaining it, the way he's got to go to Lower Upton, but they're from Upper Upton. Like they literally right. broke everything down in this little uh, in this lead up. So uh, the recap, yeah, in, in the recap, exactly, yeah. So uh, I never, I don't think they've ever gone to that extent, have they? Not that extent, but I think there's so much going on when you have to talk about how Upper Uncton doesn't want Lower Uncton and this and that and kill here, not there, and then here. It's like a lot. And then Marcy and Jefferson explaining them. Uh, Gentlefolk, uh, listen, when we said um, all expenses paid, we, uh, we didn't really mean a river suite at the Savoy. I'll have you know, sir, that we are accustomed to the finer things in life. Mom, what's this? It's a fork, honey. Oh, cool. The Bundys are staying at the Savoy River Suite. They are pigging out on food. Al flooded the toilet bowl. <laughs> you know, I guess I can say that hasn't happened in a while, so it, it was okay. And he had that line. <laughs> I uh, guess somebody should have told that toilet the Yanks were coming. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and one of the things that they're touching on is, you know, some of the the toilet humor of Europe. So uh, Mm -hmm. actually, actually, England has like a very well-developed like uh, a bathroom situation. The rest of of Europe doesn't, not, not necessarily. It's really country by country. Yeah, I have a funny story. I was in Milan, Italy, um, going to see the... Um, <laughs> Who starts off their stories like that? Yeah. <laughs> Not us. So, you know, there, there was a... Um, I went to go see The Last Supper. So it's in this, like, old monastery. Yeah. And, when you, and when you exit it, you go out into this gift shop. And there, I was at a tour group, and there were these two women. One was, like, 90, and the other one was 88. Uh, this is a while back. Anyway... There were three doors, and you open up each door. The first door, there was actually a toilet in there. And the next two doors had holes in the ground. <laughs> you know, and I looked at this. You know, and they were like, and this woman, 90-year-old woman from, like, South Jersey, she goes to me. It's like, you know, I'm 90 years old, and I've never seen anything like this before. So I looked at her, and I said, well, ma'am, you know, that's the reason how, why we won the war. <laughs> and she started laughing. <laughs> you know, because we have superior plumbing in this country. <laughs> You know, family, Salem here. Winston, the name is Winston. <laughs> like it matters. Anyway, we are guests in his lovely little country, and since he is paying the tab, let's go easy on the guy and curb our expenses. Well, this episode uh, follows suit with the last one. We're still going with uh, making fun of Winston's name, calling him Salem, menthol, smoky, things <laughs> like really that. It really upset <laughs> me when they... Menthol. When he said menthol. Because <laughs> now because like you're abandoning the joke. There are so many other <laughs> brands of cigarettes out there that you could go with. And now you are you're just it's you're like that's lazy to me. And is you menthol could, even a brand? No, it's not a brand. Exactly, it's, it's right, a t- right. It's a type. It's a taste. Yeah, it's a type, yeah. You know, that's just that is lazy is what that right. is. Right. Oh, Stacy. I mean, next they should just, you know, are they going to call him unfiltered? Like, I don't know. <laughs> well, that would be Paul Mall. Yeah, Paul Mall. Thank you very much, young Philistine. 
Bud uh, is smuggling silverware. The joke there is the guy pats him on the back and all the silverware falls out. Um, so they're stealing from the Savoy. Yeah, and you know, I, I really liked how they called him a young Philistine, is, is what he says. You know, I thought that was very highbrow because, you know, I, I don't think the average person would get that. You know, the Philistines were supposedly these barbarians. Okay. So, so, you know, you know, that was like, a, I think, a great touch of British humor right there. Also, I mean, you'd get it if you went to Sunday school. <laughs> like, I don't know. I guess it depends on, on what what you have been exposed to. Well, I'm Hindu, so <laughs> I, I didn't go. <laughs> what? Well, speaking of Philistines, uh, Al is back to caveman talk, which is a callback to season three's Eaten Out. Remember when they were all eating dinner and... Um, Al just started referring to like the rolls and the butter. He was like rum, humma, and all that stuff. That was a callback. Like how random, right? Humma, humma, humma. I love that uh, Winston picked up on it. <laughs> He's like, "What do you What do you call them? Homa? Homa, right. <laughs> as you call it, right?" Luigi, that's a great nod, right? Like for a real fan, you really do appreciate that. Like it's so random, but great. No, a- absolutely. I mean, I really the the, the um, uh, you know the, the part you know, Jamie just touched on with Winston, like just zones in on that. I mean, I think that that's really, I think, the humor. Because it's like, oh, you know, again, like somebody on the outside looking at this, like, what the hell are they talking about? And like, he sort of says, oh, I put two and two together. It's like they like rolls for some reason. <laughs> yeah, the rolls of the rum. But, but I think like the joke really here is, is that, you know, once they ever they whenever they have some kind of spread of food, they just pig right. out and, right. and, they act, and they act out on that. And that helped them out because they sent the bomb back so quickly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because actually, if you think about it, they should have actually done this scene first and then did the toilet scene afterwards because then would have made right. more sense. Right, right, Ah, good call. Yep. That, definitely. Even if they were there all day doing the pig out all day, it doesn't matter for our visual purposes. Yeah, you're right. Right. So no matter, no one's interested in going the lower Uncton, no matter what Winston tries to sell these guys. They just don't care. <laughs> um, so the guy who wants them to die outside of lower Uncton, uh, so they remain in darkness, serves them a dessert. And he says it's called a bomb. The, and so it's a dessert. And under the cart with the wheels on it, there's an actual like cartoon <laughs> bomb with the fuse lamp literally and, yeah uh, <laughs> so it's like a mario brothers bomb in mario 3 or whatever you know dude you know i was yeah. just playing that the other day yeah 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 yeah, yeah like three days ago yeah, yeah. No, no, no pun on me right guys <laughs> yeah sorry i had to throw that one in we have the other guy right here yeah. let's go <laughs> it's a me Here's what I don't like about that. Um, when he says this, okay, you could fool the Bundys because they don't know any better. They're in England for like the first time, but Winston's in the room with them, and he doesn't go, wait, what do you mean a bomb? What does that mean? That's that's right. nothing. That's not a thing. And and then he goes and pushes the card out or something, you know, and then the the jokes proceed. But, yeah, he doesn't say anything. He just sits there and acts like it's a normal thing. So, um 
they they eat and then um <clears throat> they push it out the door close it then this guy pushes it into an elevator that Steve uh, that <laughs> Steve that Jefferson and Marcy happen to be in so again as soon as the elevator closes it's a big explosion super cartoonish and they open the door and they're covered in black you know soot their hair is all whacked out there's smoke all over the place but of course they're fine yeah i mean that that that, that's a uh you know that's a classic looney tunes thing i mean (laughs) i mean no no sense of reality i mean obviously would have killed them but i mean that was as cartoonish as you can get as you could possibly get right now how do you feel about that like Almost have to be a little more forgiving because of the setting of this whole thing, right? Or no? Are you not forgiving? Well, I mean, what I would say is that when you get to the end of season six, I mean, I'd say that almost season six becomes the dividing line between when you, you know, from the realism of, let's say, seasons one and two and the extreme cartoonism cartoonism of seasons, let's say, 10 and 11. So, you know, I'd say you're really at the cusp where now they started to get into this cartoonish behavior. Uh, I'm glad you said that, because that's the main thing that I took from this episode. And this scene with the bomb pretty much epitomized it. And, and, but oh, it's, yeah. not, it's not like they don't know what they're doing. They're making a very conscious decision to go that cartoony route. It's whether or not, um, you know, I guess fans accept it at this point or, you know, because I feel like they've, They've kind of slowly led into it, but now it's like peaking. Yeah. Now, you know, the one thing I want to point out, you know, uh, both both Levi, Levitt and Moy wrote for the Jeffersons. You know? mm-hmm. Now, if you look at the Jeffersons, they started out with, you know, a black racist and, you know, who had, was very like hard edged, uh, opinionated. You know, by the end of the show, for example, he learned his lesson because, you know, whatever his scheme, um, you know, whatever scheme he had cooked up was mm-hmm. sort of resolved and he learned something. But if you look at the Jeffersons as a TV show and look at how it progressed, and it lasted about 10 seasons, if I'm not mistaken, they did the exact same thing. Like, whereas if you look at the, the early seasons, there's a lot of realism. Mm-hmm. And then if you look at the character of George Jefferson as you get toward the end, it's very, very cartoonish. Right. Um, you know, from what I understand, it was Ron Levite who was more of like the whimsical kind of guy, and it was Michael Moy who was the hard ass, and the two mm-hmm. of them when you put them together, like try to balance each other out. But this is one of those episodes where they got very, you know, they started to, to experiment with this cartoon, cartoonism. That's right. the reason why for me, you know, the, the, the golden years, um, that's why I appreciate them more because like, I feel like there's a lot more emphasis put in on the writing. Whereas right. in, the, in the later years, you just spend a lot more time, you know, just really trying to entertain, but you start to lose <laughs> a little bit. Like, yeah. yeah, a lot a lot of that, you know, I'd say Three Stooges uh, type of comedy, you know, and it, it's it's funny, but, you know, you, you lose a little bit of that high brownness right. uh, that, that, that's in there. But, you know, the good news is when they're in England, you do have a, a good amount of highbrow comedy. When there's a little, right. and there's, there's smatterings of this in here, but it's not really... Again, I think we said this last week. It's not as it's it's not as good as it could have been. But right. you know, we'll, we'll continue. Sorry. Uh, I also think that it's the balance, though. It's the balance between that highbrow and the slapstick, and they can get it right within that sweet spot. Where I think that because it gets so stupid, and then you go back to you know the digs, all the all the jokes, whether it be between each other or them against other people. 
I I do think that if they're great jokes, while mixed with that with that other cartoonish stuff, it almost makes it work better because it's almost like ah, there it is, like they still got it. Um, and but I do feel like there's a sweet spot that you have to fix. It's like a sixty forty thing, you know? Right. Yeah. Yep. Well, it's funny as I'm watching this, it occurred to me that. The the 1966 Batman TV show did this exact same thing, basically. They went to London for three episodes. <laughs> it was called the Londinium Larcenies, and then the second one was the Foggiest Notion, and then the Bloody Tower. Really? This is the second time, yeah, that it's almost basically the same thing. Um, okay, so do you think then, like, the three-episode finale was like a thing because i i when i heard it was three i was like what because usually it's a two-parter right right um, or if not one you know uh, yeah yeah no. well it's weird that they both have the same type of theme here and they both did three parters and they both did it in seasons that were cartoonish the batman did it in season three and by then everything was a joke <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, um, it lost all the camp qualities it had, and it just became they were in on the joke with us now, and it wasn't as funny. Right, right. Well, well they have to justify their boondoggle, right? They got to stay a couple extra days filming in London, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. <laughs> it makes sense. Basically, yeah, that's what I, it seems like, yeah. Just getting there seems to be probably half the cost. So while, since we're here, let's shoot another whole thing. You know? right, right. I mean, I mean, imagine moving all those people from Los Angeles, you know. I mean, forget about, like, today. You know, think about airfares. Probably Jamie knows this info better than me. I mean, airfares back in, you know, early 90s, actually, I think, from an inflation-adjusted perspective, were a lot higher than they are today because there's a lot more competition then there was at that point in time. So imagine how many people went over to England. You know, not just not just the stars. You know, like it must have been like 30, 40 people, probably forty at least. Right? Well, I, I think one of the best parts is yes, we know they actually went uh, because it shows shots of them in England, right? But I love how they still show Kelly <laughs> with the fake background. It's a fake. <laughs> <laughs> well, like because they they're not going to fly her to Egypt or Paris <laughs> just for right. the joke. <laughs> they should. Exactly. They should. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Menthol. Uh, where in this bird can a man get a copy of Biggins? Biggins? Oh, yes, well, um, in this country we call them uh, booby rags. So Al's already looking for the uh, smut magazines. Uh, he's already that bored, I guess, even at the Savoy being completely pampered. And was it called booby rags? Yeah. Yes, that it was. <laughs> right. Yep. And it's called Cheerio Boobs. Cheerio Boobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, I mean, for those who don't travel to Europe uh, frequently, um, you know, nudity, is much, nudity, nudity is much more common there. So those types of magazines where, like, women are bearing their breasts or even more than that are much more common. So, you know, whereas here things have always been sort of covered up. Well, because we're much more puritanical when it comes to sex and anything else. No, absolutely. But I mean, even in like you know, like even in newspapers, I think you know they had like um, I forgot what they call them. It's like a page six girl or something like that. Yes, yeah. It's it's like like, you know, I mean, some again, not something you would see even in a tabloid here, but that's something very common over there. Um, I I have a funny story. 
1992, New York City actually passed a law that said it was legal for a woman to walk topless mm-hmm. around the city. And I remember uh, I came up out of the subway by City Hall. <laughs> it was like the middle of June, and all of a sudden there were like about a dozen you know, women, all topless. And like, you know, cause they were like sort of celebrating or something like that. I was like, Whoa, <laughs> you know, not, not something I expected. Right. But you know, um, I support this. <laughs> but you know, it's just interesting. It was, it was, I just I thought it was interesting. It was, it was contemporaneous with the filming of this episode. Right. Well, let's go see some sides. But first, since we have to get some gifts for the people back home, everybody loot something valuable. <laughs> Well, the Bundys rob the Savoy before they leave, uh, you know, after Al breaks vases and everything else. They're out putzing around again in England, and Al wants to sit out by the river. He takes his shoes off and puts them in the water, and all the fish surround- in the surrounding area die and jump up out of the water dead. <laughs> and then the guy... I guess who's going to kill? I, I don't know how you would know Al is going to hang out there. I, what is he doing in that scuba gear? I have no idea, but right. uh, <laughs> he passes out also in the water from this. He gets sick. He's green. You can see they had like green makeup on him. Like right. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what he was planning to do. Uh, if they just walk by, but okay. So uh, the family, uh, so now that you see a family at a horror exhibit and they're totally bored with every single thing they're looking at. And then all of a sudden they turn around and scream running when they see the Bundys. It must have been French. (laughs) It takes so little. What's funny about that is I was listening to... On my way home today, I was listening to the podcast Under the Stairs, and they were doing the uh, 98 episode, the 1998 episode. Um. And Jerry Herring <laughs> made a joke about the That's French. That's not possible. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> he made a joke about the French, and he said, he said something about the French, and he's like, their national slogan is, I surrender. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, ha, ha, ha. Well, then I come home and I watch this again and he says he says it takes so little to make the run I'm like oh my god that is two French jokes in the matter of like a 20 minute span we're just Americans why'd they run well, they must have been French it takes so little <laughs> This guy's trying to kill them, uh, you know, like, again, in in Upper Uncton. And he's dressed up. They're in a wax museum, and he's dressed up as Jack the Ripper. And it's weird, because even his skin looks like wax. It's, like, right. wet and shiny. Like, But I think he looks like that all the time, right? <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the eyebrows, I mean, that's one hell of a, you know, I mean, they look real. I mean, I don't think it's... Uh, don't yeah, that twist at the top? Yeah. I mean, well, I think you know. I think he mooses them, right? But <laughs> he mooses but, uh, but, but, it, but it's but it's all natural, like Al's nose hairs. Exactly. <laughs> we should have. We should really get into all all these guys. I was thinking. I don't know when I want to do it. I kind of feel like every episode will be so long, so I don't want to get into <laughs> people <laughs> acting in it. But I think at some point, maybe on the last one, we'll just go through them all real quick and say, "Great job." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well done. 
even though this would have been a good episode because not much happens. It's a lot of montages, so this would have had the, been the time. But uh, this episode that we're on, yeah, yeah, because <laughs> I don't have many notes like I did in the last one. <laughs> Hence my comment at the beginning of the episode. Hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, we'll see how you feel about that. We will. We will. It flew by. I'll say that much. Oh, we will. Oh, we will. I, I thought I thought this one flew by. <laughs> flew by as well. Yeah. Yeah. So the uh, Al proves that Jack the Ripper is not real. Kelly thought he might be. So Al breaks his neck twice and says, "See, he didn't scream." And then the guy just falls back dead, basically, but not really. Yeah. Right, and you know, going back to the cartoonish humor, it's like right. he's able to immediately recover, and he's walking like a normal human being. Mm-hmm. So you know, just go with it. That's all. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it is what it is. I mean, at some point, it's almost like with married children. Maybe they did the right decision by going cartoonish because it's almost like, well, how long can we take it seriously, and what? I mean, isn't it going here anyway? I mean, like even when you start right. with the kids starving and not eating ever. Right. I mean, that alone is cartoonish. Right. <laughs> you know? I mean, exactly. so you... Yeah, you can't really fault them for just going further with where they're already setting up. Right. So, who knows? I mean, it is what it is. Everybody still loves the shows. I, I don't think it really ever hurt it in a major way. Well, and, and that's, that's, I think, the key, though, right there. Is because I think that everybody's uh, has gone on the journey that they just it doesn't bother anybody, you know. Uh, and, but it's a it's definitely a point, and it's a valid point. Does it factor into the uh, you know entertainment uh, aspect of it? No, not 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 on this show. No. In no. some shows, it does though. Like I've literally seen shows go off the rails, not only because of that, but because it tries to be something and it's just it's just something that it just doesn't work for that but for this it's so ridiculous that that the the further we go with this show it seems like when we try and piece things together like it just seems like more ridiculous by the day because it's just like eh, whatever yeah at the end of the season wrap-up show we'll talk about whether or not this season jumped the shark or not so um I think it's well known that season seven did. So we'll discuss amongst each other if we think season six did. But that's another show. I'm bored. Let's go spend some more of Winston's money. Yeah. <laughs> the Bundys go into the clothing shop and try out various clothes. Yeah, it's not just any clothing store that they go to. It's Pool and Company Taylor which is an actual tailor. It's been family-owned and run since 1806 and historically known as the creator of the dinner jacket. Now, are they in the business of just grabbing stacks of money from people without counting it? (laughs) That's how they stayed in business so long. That's the one thing I always caught even as a kid. I was like, what, he just has that exact amount like folded up ready to go? Yeah, how would he know it would be 5,000 pounds? It's just like whenever someone's on the phone and they're like, okay, well, how about dinner tonight? And they're like, okay, see you later. And I'm like, wait a minute, where's the time? Am I picking you up? Are you meeting me? Is this, you know, goodbye? They never say goodbye either. They just always (laughs) hang up. And I'm like, that is rude. Uh, You know what else we get during this little montage? Yep. You do? 
we get dad dancing. Oh, Whoa. that. I thought you were going to say the song. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. They're yeah. dad dancing to yeah, I'm Too Sexy. Yes. But Al is doing his dad dancing again, and I'm like, oh. Oh, Jamie, you don't like it it's still? No. Still. That's, that's not that, going to change. Was that song probably, like, peaking in its popularity at that point, too? Well, I think it came out in July of 91, and this is, what we say, May of 92, right? Yeah, so that's perfect. Well, I, I also think that there's a historic scene in the middle of that montage. I believe that's the first time we see their full address, which is on the trunk. I was oh, thinking, yeah, the same yes, thing. Yes, yes. Jeffrey Lane. Yep. I mean, the other the other thing I'll point out about that whole scene is that they they completely ripped it off from National Lampoon's European Vacation. Yeah. It's just that they obviously just focused on on the on the males, but I remember. Um, because remember, like, they lost all their luggage in European vacation because they, uh, the Germans were, like, uh, trying to kill them all. <laughs> yeah. So, so, they, so they end up in Milan, and then they go to this high-end place, and, you know, they come out looking actually super ridiculous. But, yeah, he came out, like, doing the moonwalk. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and um, I remember Beverly D'Angelo was wearing this, like, really ridiculous, like, couture outfit with, with a... Um, a really pointy cap. I mean, just the kind of thing that you would just never walk around in normally, <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. It, well, it's a, like we said, it was a second thing, a reference, because we already had, uh, there's Parliament, kids, there's Big Ben and all that. Right, from the- yeah. I mm-hmm. think that they were taking a lot of, they throughout the whole thing, they seem to be taking a lot of cues from European Vacation. <laughs> yep. Well, so, yeah, that song, I'm Too Sexy, uh, that is, like, one of the most cheesy songs that had its moment, and the moment's gone. Yep. It's, I don't know how I feel watching it. I mean, I, you can't see it cynically, really, because it was funny at the time, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's not like Hasta La Vista, Buggy, where that's never going to be funny. Right. You know, even though Terminator 2 just came out. Right, right. This actually... It, it was a part of the culture. It, it it did work at the time. It might be hard to believe now. Do you think it didn't work now? I think it worked fine. I do you think? Do you think it even uh, at this point in time, two thousand nineteen, it felt very cliche? Because I feel like I've seen that scene a million times now. Regardless <laughs> of, of, I'm just seeing it now. If you have or not. Yeah, like they might have been the first one to ever use this, uh, you know, and, and done it brilliantly. I just wouldn't know. But, but you feel like you've seen it before, right? I know I have. I've probably yeah. seen that the exact montage 15 times. Yeah. <laughs> With that song. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's, probably, it's probably the only song that works for what they're doing. True. Very true. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it was still funny. Yeah, it reminds me of um, when Dumb and Dumber did that same kind of thing, when they were, <laughs> kept trying on new clothes, yes. and he kept, like, shushing it away. No, 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 no good. Then we had the worst clothes on, he said, yes. <laughs> but that was after this, I believe. I think that was 93. Was it that long ago? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I think so. Wow. Or four. 
So Jefferson and Marcy are on the street begging for money. They're, they are still blown up looking. The hair's wild. Excuse me, sir. Uh-huh. That will be £5,000, please. Oh, but I didn't forget to pay. Oh, Easily done, sir. Right. Where's that £5,000? Got it here somewhere. Where's the money from the village? Brilliant. Well done. Where did you get the money? We sold your farm. <laughs> like, when they're going in the store and then he has to sell the farm and pay the £5,000, it's like, how could you keep putting up with this and just giving... What is so bad about inconveniencing these guys and just saying, okay, we're going to go where you want and just drive to Lower Uncton? How would they know where they're going? Yeah. You could, you could do a million things. Yeah. You could drug them. Yeah, chloroform them. Like anything. <laughs> like anything. I was thinking yeah. of so many different scenarios <laughs> that they could have done. Yeah. yeah, it's so ridiculous. Because well, like really it's the same joke and they just keep going with it. And just keep going. Right, like, yes, yeah, spending more of the money, right. Like, like, yeah, no, we got it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all set. I'm all set. I'm like, I'm all set with it. Like, and, and, But, I mean, listen, they, they add enough, I guess, variation between the setups, between the segments. But at the same time, it's just, okay, like, where's this going? And then you realize, like, oh, no, this is part two of it. And I obviously I didn't love part one. So I'm really hoping part three brings the fire, guys. <laughs> well, um... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. They, uh, yeah, they, they, I guess w- we're supposed to enjoy watching Winston squirm around, you know, every time they keep spending and just to watch his life crumble. I'm, that's supposed to be enjoyment because we know he wants to kill our favorite people. Right. I think that's where your satisfaction's supposed to come <laughs> in. <laughs> I mean, it is. It's just very, uh, you know, vague and. I guess we should also mention that uh, the guy who's saying I'm too sexy is right said Fred. If anybody. <laughs> I mean, normally we would name the guy who sang these songs. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure that that's probably an answer on Jeopardy because you know, that, was, that wasn't even a one-hit wonder. That was like a half, half hit I was going to say, yeah. They took it away just because of the uh, cheesy significance. Yeah. It was the against all odds wonder. I feel like that's just one of those songs that, like, would be free to license, like, anywhere in any movie at any time. <laughs> It's like the Wilhelm scream. <laughs> you just always get it. <laughs> Here's something from before. In a scene that was cut from the original airing, but later shown in syndication, Peg tells the family to loot the hotel room. At the time of the original broadcast, the L.A. riots were still part of the public oh. consciousness, and oh. any references to loot was considered to be in bad taste, <laughs> even for married with children. Even in Europe? Well, well, well can't we all just get along? <laughs> I think that's being a little uptight. Right. You know, because it's not like they were, if they were looting a town, that'd be one thing. Right. right. But she's talking about just taking some stuff from a hotel room they're not setting anything on fire you know or right they're not throwing like things through windows and pulling a guy out of his truck and beating him to death and, you know, <laughs> right. when you have sponsors you don't really have an option you know and but, do you really think that they cared they were probably just like whatever we just went to europe to film right. that we just got back 
Like, well, you know. Right. <laughs> You know, but what I find interesting about it, I mean, if you look at the history of the shell, like mm-hmm. there, there are three there. I mean, so this one, which we found out today, really about this one. Mm-hmm. But if you look at what they've they've censored in the past, you know, so they have to rename, you know, the, the camping show was originally supposed to have been called a period piece. You know, mm-hmm. so you couldn't use the word period. Right. <laughs> and, you know, then the lost episode, you know, just an episode about sex and, right. you know, videotapes. Right, you know, get like videotaped and all that. Okay, and that didn't air until 2002. Mm-hmm. I mean, on network television. Yeah. But it was just, it's just and I'm saying, you know, like they were hung up about sex, but here it is. Now we're talking about violence, you right. know, that was contemporary. I mean, right. obviously what happened, you know, I mean, yeah, a lot of people were angry and they were justified being so. But it's, yeah. just, it's just interesting. Wow, it's like, okay, you know, something that, you know, in this case, got cut out and then they ended up putting it in later. I right. remember, like, there's that Simpsons episode when they went to New York. Like, that yep. was heavily um, uh, yes, censored yeah. because of September 11th. Oh, yeah. Because he, he said the people in the South Tower are jerks or whatever. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Well, that's not the only thing that happened in the Savoy. Uh, when the guy from Uprongton's trying to kill the bunnies, he does that whole a bomb dessert thing. Oh, yeah. We talked about that, but didn't talk about the reference. Yeah, straight out of Diamonds Are Forever. Oh. Yeah, the uh, the dish they serve him is a bum surprise. <laughs> <laughs> That's stupid. So, yeah, as dumb as that whole thing was, it actually came from something semi-legitimate. <laughs> Hard to believe, right? Semi-legitimate? James Bond is legit. It's totally legit. I know, I'm kidding. So, Ke- uh, Kelly doesn't want to go to a one-whore town, and frankly, neither do I. One's just not enough, man. You got to increase those odds. Right. That's what I say. Variety is the spice of life. It really is. Uh, we're ready to go to Lower Hunton now. You fucking Well, mole boy, a rather douche. Here's where I leave you. What are you talking about? We're going to Lower Hunton now. Not me. I didn't come all this way to spend my vacation in a one-whore town. I'm a city girl, and I'm staying right here in... Wait, where are we? London. Exactly. And you don't think Mom and Dad will notice you're gone? Nope. It's all been taken care of. She wants to stay in the city. So Kelly puts a dummy in the car. And no, she did not sit down herself. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like a dummy's body, I guess. And then she put a pumpkin as the head with a blonde wig on it. And apparently nobody notices. You know, what's funny. As soon as we see that shot before Al says anything, I thought, oh, that's so funny because he always calls her pumpkin. Right. And then he said, well, pumpkin. And I was right. like, oh, oh you did it again. But that another thing that's completely ridiculous, but like I catch myself just shaking my head yet with a smile on my face. Like this is so stupid. Right. And this is almost I like this stupid cartoon humor more than um more than a bomb blowing people up in an elevator. Yeah. Totally. Yep, I agree. And it's weird because this is technically dumber. Mm-hmm. Right. You can throw a bomb in an elevator, but to think right. that a dad wouldn't know that his daughter has a pumpkin with a blonde wig is, is... There's different kinds of humor. Like, if you throw a pie in somebody's face, you know, it's very visual. 
putting a wig on a pumpkin and you know calling a pumpkin like you got to think about it and you know to me like that's that's the difference in the comedy i think really to dan's point it's like that's what's funny it's stupid but it's funny because you don't think about it (laughs) right yeah exactly right so yeah that's great um so now they're staying in a castle (sighs) our own castle isn't it awfully dark for noon um no not for england (laughs) well our own castle it's just like out of a storybook isn't it romantic yeah sure babe uh listen uh smokey Mm -hmm. i uh want separate rooms and uh I'd like a guard outside of mine, please. Don't worry, sir. We know exactly where to put you. (laughs) (laughs) You hear that, kids? We hear you, Dad. Right, Kel? Duh. (laughs) I sure hope this place is heated. Because it'd be a damn shame to come all this way and catch our debts. (laughs) (laughs) Follow me, please, and I'll show you to your quarters. Let's go, kids. Al, have you seen Kelly? That's kind of... Bad news. We can't hang them until tomorrow. Why not? The scaffolding's not here. We had to sell some of the wood to buy nooses. (laughs) Oh, yes. And, um, what do you plan to hang the nooses from? Well, we've thought of that. We're going to have two of our taller fellas hold them. I don't want to hear anymore. Right, we're just going to have to stab them. But the village children were so looking forward to a hanging. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, the children. Oh. So here's, here's my whole thing, okay? <laughs> you go through all of this, right? And then, it, and then they get back, and that whole conversation would lead me to believe that they're all just buffoons. Like, they don't even care. Like they care so much that they're gonna sell the farm, and yet they're just like, yeah, yeah, we gotta wait till tomorrow because we sold the wood. Wait, what? I'm just <laughs> thinking how sad it is that his farm went for five thousand pounds. That's right. Oh, how much is five thousand pounds yeah. compared to dollars? Yep. But it also begs the question: What can they grow if it's dark? If you have a farm, <laughs> That's a, you need the sun wow. to, grow, to, to grow to grow crops, right? I never oh, thought of that. Oh, there I you never, go. Well, that's why it's worthless right now. Right. <laughs> so that's why it's only 5,000 pounds. Once the sun is out, it'll be worth something again. That's the difference. And he knows that, so he lost out. Like, it just seems like they're going through so much trouble to get them there for them to just be like, oh, we're going to prolong this and uh, make this a three-parter. Yeah, we don't have noose <laughs> places to hey, strap up the noose. Right. You got you got to be kidding me. You're going right. to get your two tallest fellows to hold on to them. <laughs> yeah. Now that's funny. Yeah, that was funny. What is this thing, Dad? Well, son, this being England and all, I believe it's, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, Igor, uh, Stonehenge. <laughs> oh. Blimey, you nearly had it there, sir. Actually, this is the speaker's podium for the festival tomorrow, at which you and your son will be our honored guests. Oh, yeah, so Al thought the podium where the guy is going to speak and do this whole presentation to hang these two was um, Stonehenge. Like, I don't even understand that joke. Is is that to show that Al just knows absolutely nothing? I well, assume. I mean, because it's well, made of wood, first of all. <laughs> right. 
But um, I, I also think this is another one of those references back to European vacation. You remember Clark? He backs mm-hmm. into Stonehenge and the, the and whole thing it falls like down. Domino style. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I was thinking that too, but I'm like, yeah, but still, I don't. I, I that crossed my mind, but I I just don't get it though. It, without that weird reference, this just makes zero sense. Not even for us to like or dislike as a joke. I mean, how could you like it? I don't even know what it is, what he's doing. I mean, I guess he just doesn't know anything. That's anything, the... right. <laughs> okay. You know, I, I will say I did like the joke. It says, you know, but the village children were so looking forward to a hanging. <laughs> right. Oh, the children. <laughs> Somebody think of the children. Yes, right this way, please. <laughs> you know, I feel right at home here. I think I can stay here forever. Me too, Dad. <laughs> So they walk in the castle, and there's two coffins sitting outside. And to give it more weight, they actually muted the audience reaction to it. You know, Al, since we're in a castle, crown me, baby. (laughs) Ah, what the hell? It's the first thing I had to pay for the whole trip. All right, Kate, go ahead and say it. What am I, baby? You're the king, baby. Make me believe it. Who's going to make me believe it? Oh, all right. You're the king, baby. Good enough. (laughs) Excuse me. Some of the area children would like to have their pictures taken with you. With me? Sex points. Like, who gets one for that? Because Peg would have gotten one, but then they got interrupted. So does she still get it because he was willing? Or... Um, no. Al got Al got out of it somehow. Flag on the play. Yeah. I, I, I like the interchange between, you know, again, you're the king, baby. He's like, we'll make me believe this. <laughs> Who's going to make me believe it? <laughs> yeah. That, that, that I think is, you know, that, that's excellent writing right there. Right. We get a little moment with the typical Alan Pegg in the bedroom for a second, and it's good. So this hot maid walks in, and she says the kids want to take a picture with Al. Excuse me. Some of the area children would like to have their pictures taken with you. With me? But I'm just a regular Joe that played high school football, scored four touchdowns in one game, last city championship poke I ever won. I understand. Bring those starstruck youngins in. That's how, that, that would be like me going like, oh, with me? I'm just a regular guy. I mean... Yeah, you know, I was on the Skeleton Crew, and uh, we were top five shows like four times for the whole month, all top five, and I was on Banana Laser, and that was really good, and Married Children Podcast, but yeah, okay, I one understand. One time it Take was a- top six, one through six, remember? We had one through six? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then I'll say, and the Married Children Podcast, yeah, I-, I could see why they want to take a picture with me. Yeah, send them in. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the, I got this cop ma- uniform you can dress yeah. up in. Well, you know, the maid... The maid- the maid reminds me of the towel girl from Poppies by the Tree from season two. Oh, ooh, yes, yeah. nice callback. And would the, the note say in the towel, "Get out" or something? That, that's right. <laughs> yeah, but it was it was very very reminiscent. Like you know, like Al's like chuckling. He goes to like you know grab her butt, you know, pinch. Yeah, I like how he goes to lift the maid's skirt when she's walking away. Mm-hmm. That was kind of hot. I was like, damn it, he missed. 
<laughs> no, but you were mentioning uh, Europe obviously being more liberal when it comes to sex and stuff like that. And I felt like that came across in this episode, you know? Uh, oh, yeah. Especially with Marcy. and with, Yeah, exactly. Like, I felt like, wow, this is probably the most... Um, I mean, do you do you think this is the first time on network television they made jokes about you know sadomasochism, you know, yeah, leather, leather, leather whips right. and all that? Think about it. You know? Chips, dips, chains, whips. Yeah, it's <laughs> definitely the first. Thing. Wait, when did Nightmare on Elm Street two come out? <laughs> yeah, eighty five. Yeah. So uh, the kids pose with Alan. One of them holds up a noose, <laughs> and you know they don't think that's weird. So Bud's room is haunted, and there are ghosts everywhere talking directly to Bud. Can you feel the history in the room, Peg? Oh, I know. You know, Igor was telling me that they say Bud's room is haunted. I didn't tell him, though. You know how jumpy he is. Well, good, because what he doesn't know won't hurt him. (laughs) Good evening, Bud. We are the ghosts of your ancestors. Beware. You will die in the morning. Run. Run while you still can. Want to buy some shoes? (laughs) And you could see how all these guys were killed. It's kind of funny. <laughs> like, one was hung, one was impaled by a sword, another one was beheaded, and then one was shot by a cannonball, and there was a big hole through his body. Like, give me a break. <laughs> you want to buy some shoes? <laughs> yeah, but you know, like like we talked about last week, I mean, they're, they're inferring that all all the descendants of Seamus McBundy were shoe salesmen. <laughs> but, you know, obviously that doesn't follow what we've seen in, you know, previous episodes. Uh, they, they all didn't have obviously none of them were brain surgeons but you know <laughs> I just love how you said the descendants of Seamus McBundy <laughs> Seamus McBundy it's just it's so stupid <laughs> just a moment gentlemen a guy calls Marcy the guy at this place where that they're, they have tickets to get in he calls both Marcy and Jefferson gentlemen Marcy's like she just gives up. I didn't even, I didn't even catch that. That is awesome. (laughs) Oh god. So, are they staying at a show in London? Like they think? No, this is an S and M joint. Uh, Everyone's in, you know, uh, chains and black leather. They're on poles, they're on dog collars, you know, the whole thing, and these two are in there. And something cool happens uh, in this little skit. Yeah. Yeah, after they were referred to as bad Americans, and the guy in leather comes up and asks him if they want a drink or a spanking, that guy is played by co-creator Michael Moy. Oh! Well, at least we'll be warm tonight. Mm, warm and entertained thanks to these free theater tickets those nice people gave us instead of food or money or lodgings hey i've never heard of this show before they say it's the longest running show in london's history tickets please thank you (laughs) 
bad Americans. Must be Shakespeare. Taming of the shrew, I believe. Would you like a drink or a spanking? Yeah, he really stuck out to me. He didn't seem like an actor. It was kind of awkward. It was kind of funny, though. And well, hey, Jerry Cohen was... pops up in this episode, too. Yeah, yeah he gets popped out. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, honestly, I, I like I like Michael Moy's rendition of Young Zeke in the um, in the Route Six 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 episode. Yes. Right, that's bad. That's, that's yeah. probably my favorite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's pretty cool out there in this club. Um, that's kind of perfect for them, especially since I think that's totally up Marcy's alley. Um, well, I, that's what I was going to say. Is I would think it would be, but she seems put off by it. But that surprised me. Yeah, um, we'll see if uh, we'll see where it all turns out. Because last time we saw them, they were in there, so we'll have to see how that all went next week. I really forgot, so we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Kelly's hooking up with the prince in his uh, curtained booth, and <laughs> she comes out when the guy knocks on the thing to to get her to tell her about something. She comes out with his crown on and he pulls it back in. And then she goes over to the guy who, you know, wants to talk to her. And an amazingly great looking uh, impersonator of Princess Diana walks over to the booth and I guess punches the crap out of this guy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you never actually see the prince, but we're under the assumption it's supposed to be Charles. And the, I want to say the woman who's doing the Diana, if she is who I think she is, was a very prolific Diana impersonator. Oh, really? Yeah, there was a really famous woman who uh, was a Princess Di impersonator, and I want to say that that was her. But did, I, did you guys what? think it was her? Like it looked it's like close, her? very very close. It right. looked very. I mean, oh, it was yeah. dead. It was dead on yeah, for so a moment. Right. For a moment, I was like, holy crap, did Diana actually agree to do this? And, right. and then I, I looked a little closer and I'm like, okay, no. But um, it was, it was, yeah, um, really yeah. dead on. And again, remember at National Lampoon's European Vacation, you had Diana and Prince Charles and the Queen. There was that yep. fantasy scene. Yeah. Right. Wow. Yeah. Do, do, do we want to mention Meghan Markle at this point? Yeah, go ahead, man. What do you got for Meghan Markle? So, you know, what I find funny about this is that, you know, um, so her father is the lighting director, you know, on a show where they're spoofing her future mother-in-law and father-in-law, <laughs> <laughs> you know, effectively her future her future father-in-law was having an affair with Kelly Bundy, you know. Right. Isn't uh, that it's, wild? It's just, just, it's just funny. I mean, I, I know we have some of our trivia people on the Facebook page, you know, point that out, but I, I just, I, I find it very funny. Yeah, Meghan Markle's dad worked on Married with Children. All the time or in this just in this one episode? No, 10 seasons. He was the lighting director for Oh, the whole, wow. For the whole run of the show. That's wild. You could find pictures of Meghan Markle with Bud and Kelly. Yeah. Yeah, like I said Marcy, I think Jefferson, there's um, you know, I mean the the this articles out there uh, you know, Meghan Markle went to a Catholic school out in Los Angeles, and she was like nine years old. And you know, when school ended, she would end up going to the set of Married with Children. She grew up on the set. 
That's crazy. Actually, so, so it makes you wonder, I mean, on this England show, did she end up also traveling to England as part of the cast? I mean, if her father was there, you know, I mean, supposedly, according to credits, it was shot like in April, May. So I don't know mm -hmm. what the school schedule out in California, but it's possible she could have been out there. You know, but I mean, it's just the it's just the irony of it all. I mean, you know, just the coincidence. I mean, who would have thought, you know, 30 years later, you know, she's married. She's married to, you know, the, the child of the two people that they're spoofing on the show. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And, well, and she's definitely, um, she was definitely obviously an actress. Like, that's, you know, the that's how they met, right? Um, and it's funny because I've seen her in a few shows. I'm like, is that? Like, I had to do a double take. I was like, that looks like her. And then, and then, and then Lacey's like, yeah, no, that's definitely her. She was on this show. Uh, I forget what it was, the one on USA there. Um, but yeah, she's been on several shows. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. She's like cooler now. Yeah, no, I, she seems cool. They all seem cool. Yeah, she's cool. Pretty hot, if I'm allowed to say that. <laughs> no. You can't do that. It's royalty. You're not, not on this show. We're prim and proper. Ah. Yes. <laughs> I'll have to edit it out And then when people buy our box sets Of this podcast <laughs> I'm going to put it back in <laughs> You get all these on DVD I mean, uh, no, uh, CD No, actually you could probably fit our whole show On a big Blu-ray, right? Like all No, it'll be burnt CDs with written uh, <laughs> All 11 seasons <laughs> Season 1, episode 1 That's right Yeah <laughs> They should do a repackaging of the entire show with our podcast yes. included yeah. as a companion. Yes. Yeah. That would yes. be amazing. And we'd be promoting the calendar simultaneously because we always put that. Yeah. So it's just, you know. You know, Alex, you should start a Patreon on that. Yeah, right. Of what? Making, putting our stuff into, uh, yeah. Hey, <clears throat> I would like them to release everything on Blu-ray. At least get a less compression. The sound will be better. The the picture will be more crystallized. People think it won't because of the, oh, it was shot on television tape and all that. It doesn't matter, though. It's all about compression and stuff. And they want to fit as many episodes on a DVD. And it's just... It, it'll it look better on Blu-ray. And then you could have our companion piece. You hit podcast. And, you know, you could show uh, chapters podcast. Perfect. Yes. We'd have to go back and record the first three seasons, though. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Jerry's like, no! No! And JP's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? What happened? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, you know, I discovered this podcast about a month before the three of you started together. You know, because I think I, I saw, heard, like, the last few, then I, you know... Heard you guys in the first podcast where all three of you were together. And in the meantime, I went back to the beginning. Right. So, yep. That, that must have been cool. It's cool to have an evolution of a show. I mean, I've done that before one time. <laughs> we won't get into that, though. Yeah. <laughs> the, the evolution of the skeleton crew is more like... I don't know. It, it It's a pretty wild ride over there. Yeah. This show will keep you on your toes. What so, are you talking about? I don't know what you mean. Oh, nothing. You don't want to know. <laughs> so a guy, the guy trying to kill them outside of Lower Uncton, the same wax face guy, he tells Kelly in a hilarious exchange um, that they are going to be killed in Lower Uncton. Yes. There's a gentleman who wishes to speak with you. 
Well, I'm kind of busy with the prince. Well, he says it's about your family. <sighs> I never should have had parents. Miss Bundy, I felt I should warn you about a dastardly plot against your family. Dastardly, dastardly. It means bad. Real bad thing. Family go bye-bye. Uh-oh. You must get them out of Lower Uncton before sunrise, or a terrible fate will befall them. They will die. Wow. And I must run like the stocking. How can I thank you, kind stranger? By bringing your family to Upper Uncton. You don't have to tell me twice. Where? Upper Uncton. Of course, he wants her to bring them to Upper Ongden so that he, they kill him there and the place stays in darkness. Um, so he, he doesn't really care to save the Bundys. He only cares because he wants them killed somewhere else. So, but it was an amazing exchange, like, bad, go boom, you know, all these, like, <laughs> weird things. That was really funny. That That's pretty good humor, right? I mean... Yeah, I had a good time playing guess which word Kelly's going to look up in her <laughs> English to English dictionary. Because uh, as soon as he started talking to her and he said dastardly, I was like, yep. oh, she's going to pull it, out the dictionary. Oh, boy. And then she right. did. And then, you know, again, he's like, something's going to befall them. And I was like, oh, she's going to look up befall. And she <laughs> yeah. did. And she did. So it was, was funny. That's Stacy Lip again. Remember in the beginning of Goodbye Girl, she goes, she made Bud say, uh, tragedy has befallen Kelly. Mm-hmm. So, like, she says befallen a lot, Stacy mm-hmm. Lip. I noticed that. So now Kelly's wandering the streets of England, asking around. Uh, then they have this montage, like Dan said, of all these fake backgrounds. Now, where were all the backgrounds? Like Egypt, Paris, dinosaurs. Um, <laughs> that is. I love the. Stupid. I love the dinosaurs. Yeah, so yeah. stupid. I also love that she was going from person to person that are about three feet apart. <laughs> right. <laughs> and what I thought would have been funny is if each person like pointed and then she went another three feet and then she talked to that person and they pointed and she went another three feet and then of course she gets to jerry cohen and he whispers something in her ear that she did not agree with which kind of i mean how bad must it be <laughs> for kelly to to yeah to get kelly's hackles up to get a rise out of kelly right and then of course she punches him out which is great right. yeah jerry cohen is the man he's directed basically every single episode I know Amanda Burst did uh, one or two, but man, this guy is just, he's amazing. So um, what was she asking people? Like, wouldn't she just have had to ask, where is Lower Uncton and can you get me there? Like, what were, what is she asking? That's, I was trying to read her lips because I assumed that's what she would be asking. Yeah, what else can you, and why wouldn't they all know? Well, remember, on one of them, they had to flip the book because she was holding it upside down. So you're assuming maybe it's a note or something, like, you know, like a map or something. She she flipped it upside down. The guy, like, looks over to us like, oh, God, what an idiot, and flips it back the <laughs> right way. 
So uh, that's the end, though. And then you get the whole thing, you know, they're in peril. Can Kelly save them? All that kind of good stuff. And while this is happening, they're playing the theme from Lassie. That... Whatever it is. <laughs> Will Kelly ever find her family? Will the male Bundys survive? Was Brooklyn Bridge really worthy of an Emmy? <laughs> we'll answer two of these questions next week on Married with Children. Yeah, uh, so the guy says, you know, did Brooklyn Bridge deserve to win an Emmy? Well, Brooklyn Bridge, of course, was a TV show uh, that took place in Brooklyn um, about uh, a Jewish... Yeah. And they were nominated for an Emmy after being on the air for one year, even... And the joke is, Married with Children was never nominated. Wow. Sickening. Not once. Not season three, four, or five? That's um. How is that possible? So you've got this one show that pops up. We've been on for one season, yay! And then here comes an Emmy. Yeah, now, of course, it, it's like they give out Emmys like chicklets sometimes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it it really blew my mind that Married with Children was never nominated, not even once. And I actually remember. I remember this TV series. I remember watching it. Uh, probably a couple handful of episodes. I didn't really think it was very good, so I stopped watching it. I mean, it only lasted <laughs> two seasons. You know, really, it's like you got an Emmy for like two seasons, but you know, I mean, people aren't watching it. But yeah, everybody's watching this thing. But I think the the reason was because, and again, this was just the history of the show. Everybody thought it was so low class, so crass. How dare they win anything because this is, you know, people like to say it all the time, this is garbage. There's low-life television. Yeah. But but it, it was entertaining. And really, it really filled a void that there was nothing else like it. You know, and really, I would say the other thing I want to point out, by 1992, plenty of shows were copying, like had started to copy this formula. Right. You know, that, you know, and again, you didn't have that. You know, oh, everything is great in the world, and we learned a lesson, and we have that great big hug at the end of the 30 minutes where, you know, <laughs> it's like we learned our lesson. You know, people now, the show started to evolve that now use that formula. Mm-hmm. And really, I, and that, that's why I would say is, you know, why, why would, you know, again, something like this. And really, Brooklyn Bridge was another traditional sitcom. You know, it's like, okay, it's people from different generations of a family. They all live in the same house together, and, you know, you have that hug at the end. Yeah, I don't know. I'll never understand, man. They always get crapped on. And one last note, uh, the guy, we'll talk about one guy, Mark Addy, who plays the Lower Uncton Gallows Builder. He later came to international attention as one of the stars of 1997's The Full Monty and the first season of Game of Thrones. Yeah, I was actually going to, I'm glad you mentioned that because I was going to bring it up. I didn't realize that he was in the show until I saw him. And I'm like, holy crap! Like, you know, that's and he looks so young. He looks so familiar, and there you go. You just said who it was, and that—that's the only season of Game of Thrones I've seen, and I know exactly who you're talking about. So that's awesome. Perfect. Well, we we don't have to rate this, but uh, we can go through everybody and say. Well, to, I guess we should let Jamie go first. She seems to have the most concrete opinion here. So, Jamie, how do you feel about England Part 2? Let's uh, waste in the company's money. Well, 
It's not that I didn't enjoy it because like you guys have mentioned a couple of times, it did go by very quickly and it had some very funny moments. The reason that I made the comment about wasting Fox's money is simply because I don't feel like this episode added anything. Right. It doesn't, I don't feel like we covered anything that other than wasting some time, it was almost like it was treading water. Right. And we just wanted to see more of, like an excuse to see more of London, you know, which is fine or whatever, but it doesn't really add anything. You could completely pluck this from the three-episode series, and you probably wouldn't lose any of the story. Uh, you'd have to get some of the moving parts in there, but that could probably take seven minutes, and that's it. Yeah, I don't think... I mean, plus we had a good chunk of this one taken up by the uh, the beginning recap. Right. right. That's Dan's favorite part. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't know if that uh, Dan's question from the very beginning was, you know, did we feel like it went more in-depth than usual? I can't tell you because I always skip recaps. Right. I never watch them, ever. I, I didn't want to say, but I also forwarded it. <laughs> so what do you think, Dan? Yeah, well, for me, it was interesting to hear them explain it and how ridiculous the plot was. Because, like I said, that's how Alex sounds sometimes. And, like, we're laughing, like, this is so stupid. Well, they do it on their show, you know, on the show itself, and it still sounds ridiculous. That's why I was laughing. I was like, I don't need the recap, but this recap's pretty fun. Um, obviously. I, here's the funny yeah. thing is, after I almost thought, should I watch this one? Like, am I going to miss something? And yep. I still didn't, but right. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel the exact same way though. I feel like it didn't really add anything. I feel like it was an extension of part one, but it did do something which is uh, it, it kind of it sets up the third one nicely and it made me want to watch the third one. So and I think it, it did its job. you know, is it the strongest one uh, out of the two that we've seen so far? Um, I would give it I would give it the slighter edge. Um, I thought that the cartoonish stuff was really cartoonish, but the jokes were on point. Um, so that so that was pretty fair. So uh, we'll see. I don't know, uh, and I'm looking for I'm looking forward to the way it uh, it concludes. So it did its job. Nice. How about you, Luigi, or Meryl? <laughs> so my my I. I I sort of agree. I agree with both of uh, both Tan and Jamie about uh, the beginning part. The only thing I really enjoy is Kevin Coran's rendition for Bucky says, "You know, I don't care who kills them as long as they come back in a box." <laughs> I think I think that 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 to me is like that's the only reason why I want to watch that um, the opening montage. But otherwise, you know, this was an exposition episode. Like they just had to you know give you more of the story to set you up for part three. Uh, I mean, it has a couple of, uh, you know, funny parts to it, but um, uh, definitely much weaker than the first episode. Hmm. I enjoyed it, I guess, for the most part. It, you know, it it's a different style of humor. It's not, it's not at all what a Married with Children episode really is. So here, it's just we're taking one idea or one location and just how many jokes can we make in it? Right. And it's it's definitely different. It doesn't come off like a normal marriage children at all. No, but I kind of like that about it in a, in a way too. Because it makes it its own thing. It's fun. Right now, if if this was the show all the time, I probably wouldn't like it. Not at all. 
Right. I'd probably get really annoyed by this. I'd be like, okay. Well, I think that you can branch out many different ways and, and then always revert back to obviously your bread and butter, what you're right. good at. And and right. we know that this is temporary, so I give it leeway for all that kind of super right. stupid stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'll escape to England and do this. Right. Right. But you remember, you remember last week, you know, we said, you know, they got a little lazy on this. And I feel like, you know, everyone right. was like looking at their itinerary says, oh, look, we're going to go to, you know, say, right. uh, Parliament, and we're going to go to Big Ben, etc. You know, like thinking about their vacation that they're going to get while they're out there, as opposed to focusing on this. And you know, I, I just think that you know they they put some gags in. Yeah, it's it's a married with children show, and you know we went a little cartoonish, but you know they they lost a little of of, of that um, of that sophisticated humor that I really think that they they could have nailed it and maybe even gotten an Emmy if, if they had really focused on this. Um, you know, so I'm a little disappointed. I mean, yeah, it's funny. You know, it has some memorable scenes to it, but, you know, really not something to write home about. And it's not something I ever rewatch. And I, I, I got to say that, like, when this was coming up, I kind of eye-rolled to myself, and I was like, oh, right. And um, then I watched all three of these about three months ago, just so I could get my headspace clear on what I'm getting into later on. And um, I gotta say, even then, it went by really fast. There's something about it. I don't. I can't really explain why it's not amazing, and yet it doesn't drag. I I can't break things down enough to figure out how that both things could happen. There's there's a weird dichotomy of it not being great and not dragging. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. So I'll just say it is what it is. It's the England shows and. I'm glad they made them. I'm glad it's a part of this and it's its own thing. And if I ever have the hankering to watch it, I'll watch it. That's it. There's really nothing else to like, um, look any deeper into, I guess. So we, we, I, we are excited though, to wrap it up and see, uh, how this whole thing ends. And then we're going to get into our season six wrap up show after that Patreon exclusive. Sorry guys. I know we have not been on top of our Patreon exclusives. Um, (laughs) hopefully you're enjoying all the old stuff and I am going to definitely put something out there. We will definitely make a bigger effort to do that. We will. The summer schedule sucked and all of our schedules are not as easy as they used to be. Yeah. So tune in next week as we wrap it up with England Show 3. We're spending as fast as we can. The Bundys are cornered by both towns. Upper Uncton wants them dead so they can continue to profit as a tourist trap while Lower Uncton wants them dead so they can end the curse. Al moves to defend himself and soon finds himself in a medieval joust opposite Igor. Who will emerge triumphant? And will the curse ever be lifted? The fate of all rests in the hands of the lowly shoe salesman from America. Wow. Jesus.